Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, Renee, let's get right into it. We have had a number of developments. There has been a large seismic change in the, <laughs> since 48 hours ago. It's crazy. I have to say on the face of it, you know, obviously we're going to talk mostly in this very short 20 minute episode about the goings on um, of the Osaka debacle, l'affaire d'Osaka. But I have to say on the face of it, my opinions haven't changed. I still think the media is being totally ridiculous about this. And now we have an added player in the mix, which is the federations, the slam countries have come down. They issued her basically a severe warning telling her if she were to keep this up, she would get fined increasing amounts or worse, the implication being a possible default. And then she called her bluff and was like, bye. So what is going on? How, how yeah. dumb are these bodies for weighing in and turning a literal molehill into a mountain in my opinion that's the only way i could read this because my thoughts on naomi haven't really changed my thoughts on what the rest of the tennis ecosystem could have done or should have done are uh, myriad but generally mired in disappointment they this was such an unforced error by almost everyone involved maybe including naomi osaka too but unforced errors (laughs) are rife in this situation and it's just sort of sad to see this is why you and I are good together, I think, in a lot of ways, because we do, we agree a lot, and but we disagree. We don't disagree vehemently often, but we do disagree at times. Listen, from the get-go, Naomi is the one that needs to, Naomi has to take responsibility for the start of this, okay? By putting out those statements before the tournament started was, and I think, and as she now agrees, because she said it in her statements, it was a mistake putting out that statement before the tournament was was a mistake. I think if 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 there could be a do-over, the do-over would have been talking to the Federation about this privately to try and allow them to work with her somehow behind the scenes. Because uh, to put it out publicly, and as particularly the French, let's face it, they don't like to be told what to do, right? I mean, they're, they're a notoriously probably the most difficult federation i mean look they announced that they were changing the dates of the french open last year without even consulting the atp or wta they were just like 
we're going to have it now. So, you know, um, players were like, what the F? Their federations were like, what the F? Um, but the French were like, c'est la vie, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I think from, I've spoken to someone up very high up in uh, another federation um, that uh, called me just to sort of gather some information, gather some different thoughts from players, from past players, from media. And, you know, the, the word on the street was that she did not go to the Federation at all to discuss this. She just blanket statement, put that out. And you can imagine that they, especially going through, look, Federations are struggling. They've got no fans in the stands. They're not getting any money. They're really bleeding money big time. Um, and this is a blow to them. She's the biggest name outside of Serena in the women's draw. Um, for her to sort of make a statement like, look, I'm struggling, but I'm not going to do any press was, was not a great idea. And I'm sure if she could do it again, she would do it again. And then they could work with her a little bit behind the scenes. But as soon as that happened, then they got their, you know, their gills out and they, you know, puffing their chests up and like, how dare you? So the flip side of it, Caitlin, and we talked about this yesterday is it's not fair for one player not to do press. Okay. Because when you think about Serena, when you think about all the other top women players, um, they all have to go to press. And it's about a good, I'd say, hour at least, you know, between going to the press conference, going to the individual TVs. They've got to walk themselves over to the Tennis Channel. They've got to go to the French Federation TV. They've got to go to, you know, Wow Wow for Naomi or Eurosport. There's all a lot of different, like, rights holders that every single player has to appear at. Believe me, because I, I know how it works because I have to wait for them often because, oh, they can't, they're not coming to ESPN because they're still at Eurosport or whatever. So it is a long process after these top players win a match or lose um, that they have to go and appear at these places. So it does take a lot of time out of a top player's day. So Naomi not doing the press is really, it is a disadvantage for the top other top players because they are going to do all of those. And so rather than go back to the hotel relax and chill out and get away from all the stress all these other players have to deal with it so for the federations they're putting a you know they're putting their 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 flag in the sand saying this is the line it's not fair for everybody else and you should not be getting preferential treatment having said that yes it was a complete shit show um once Naomi put that out and you know let's face it the French Federation weren't having anything about it the French Federation I think the tournament director French Open made a a real a bad decision coming out and being so forceful the way he was at the beginning. I think he could have handled that a lot better. And in the end, you know, Naomi is struggling. That is the bottom line. Naomi is struggling whether or not some people believe her, the players, as we talked about, aren't exactly supportive of her. Although it was really nice to see a lot of them get on her Twitter and on her um, Facebook, uh, sorry, on her Instagram and sort of support her really vehemently, Venus and Sloan, um, Coco. I don't know who else has written on that since I haven't looked, but it was really nice to see them step up and sort of let her know that they were supportive of her. So uh, this, is a, this is a big moment for the federations to do better with the press and make sure that the right people are in those rooms and to also be as supportive as possible at times for the players. I want to talk about this from this perspective. I think, you know, you're, you're, your read on this is as I think empathetic and outward facing as somebody who's been in the tennis world for decades that I've heard. I also want to just bring up that for the most part, the 
larger body of people for whom Naomi resonates and who she speaks to and who she can bring into the sport, younger people, international people, people of color, women, um, basically have unilaterally decided that tennis has shot itself in the foot and losing under any circumstances, the second biggest name, let's call it after Serena in, in the certainly women's ecosystem is insane. And I can't help but macro agree with that. I mean, I, I'm not taking issue yeah. with any of the micro points that you're making. I think a very, very smart response on the part of the French, which if they are capable of having a measured thoughtful response, the, the past has not proven so. Um, but a very thoughtful response would have been like, look, the fines are set up for this very reason. You're right. It's an advantage for, for her to be able to have an extra hour to herself and whatever attendant, you know, tough questioning or mental, um, you know, sort of strain that puts on her. So the fines are set up for a reason, but obviously this can't continue because we don't want to set a precedent. So let's sit down, let's decide as four slam nations to sit down maybe with her team and some other folks around the ecosystem, people like you who've been on both sides of this and figure out what are the sort of granular things, like the things we, we spoke about the other day that could make the press better, that could make the press a little bit more reflective of the modern cultural conversation that perhaps would be, have a little bit more patience. You know, I was really disappointed to see a lot of folks in the tennis media basically asking for receipts saying, well, how, how could she be, you know, what is this mental illness? What, what is this, you know, and it's like, it's not your business is what it is. Uh, you know, if a person is telling you they're, they're not in a good place, then your first instinct should be empathy and to believe them, not, not asking for, you know, a doctor's diagnosis, you know? So I just want to sort of say the articles that are being written about this outside of our world are 1000% in condemnation of the tennis world in a way that I have a hard time not being empathetic with too. You know, like I understand what a spot she's put, she's put these folks in again, whether she intended to or not, I truly think, especially now that we've had some more clarifying statements from her and then her sister on her behalf, that she, no was, chance. she was literally just sort of saying like, Hey, I'm not going to do this. Here's a heads up out of politeness. You know, I don't, I don't actually think she was trying to make a huge political statement, but even if she wasn't, you know, again, we could have this conversation and why not use it as an opportunity to, to bring some of the more archaic parts of the tennis world into modernity, whether they like it or not. You know, that's the conversation that I hope we continue to have because I think it's really, really necessary. But now it's sort of turned into like tennis versus Naomi Osaka and pick a side. And it's sort of like, oh God, this is so interesting for our sport. It's great for our sport to have this kind of massive, massive lens. She's been treading on Twitter for four days. You know, author Roxanne Gay is weighing in. Ava DuVornay is weighing in. You know, cultural figures, land titans of, of other industries and other thought spaces are now sort of having some thoughts about tennis, which I think, again, net hugely positive that we have the attention and the sort of dynamics here at play that that mean we can you know hopefully ultimately retain folks and keep them engaged in the game and keep them going further but i i can't help but think the literal worst thing to do was to call her bluff and to escalate this to such a degree instead of saying okay you know what we don't love the initial notes app in a very millennial way that you announced this it is it is very millennial to sort of do this um yeah you know to sort of like you know not have a high level meeting with your agent and, you know, behind the scenes back channel and just be like, oh, here's a notes app, like bloop, you know, on the other hand, like the, the Federation had every choice, not only the French Federation, but the other slam countries in joining with us to say, hey, listen, we have these fines in place for a reason. We'll just give her these fines. We'll have to obviously work out something long term. So let's sit down with, with some folks and figure out what, 
what it is she's objecting to and how we can in fact make this less onerous because you know to imply that press is such a disadvantage to do is also sort of problematic it shouldn't be so problematic to do of course you know players want every minute of their day to be their to be their own tennis players are individual athletes in an individual sport and i get why you know it's an opportunity cost to spend a minute doing this thing when you could be spending a minute doing that thing on the other hand one hopes that they are so bought in. And I love when Billie Jean King sat down with us and talked about how she would love any new players to the tour to get media training, to understand the activist history of, uh, especially the women's tour and the way to advocate for yourself, for change, for others, and the way to talk to the media, perhaps it isn't so so combative. And the media well, has a lot to answer for, but I also think if Billie Jean's idea was implemented where you get that kind of like boot camp when you first join the tour, you know, a dialogue could be created early. And so, you know, okay, these tours ultimately have our backs or should, and here's how we can work together with them to, to bring up issues and to, to make things go forward. So I, I think there's a lot of things that could happen out of this. It's just dumb to me that the worst possible things have happened. And now you've basically yeah. got, you know, two nuclear armed countries pointing nukes at each other instead of what yeah. could happen, which is like some, you know, Camp David-esque back channel diplomacy. Yeah, well, um, first of all, the WTA um, does do um, some media training, does do, uh, you know, when the, when the young players come on, they do this, um, they call them rookie hours. So they do go through a lot of the, um, what they need to do, what their expectations are, you know, this is where you get help, this is where you, and, and we do have a, a psychologist that does work at the WTA. The WTA is heads and shoulders above the ATP when it comes to their medical staff and the implementations of various things. So there definitely is um, places for them to go. One of my very closest friends is the head of that department. And I know that over the last 30 years, um, she has really worked to try and get, um, get things like that implemented because she has only ever cared about the health and safety of the tennis players. She's had to buck heads with many tennis uh, um, hierarchies um, about, you know, pushing back on them and making sure that the players are absolutely taken care of. So this is sad in that respect, because I know that the WTA, for example, is probably better than, than it, most um, associations when it comes to the health and well-being of the players. Um, the flip side of that is that Naomi didn't reach out and hasn't been reaching out to the WTA or the Grand Slams. She kind of went and did this on her own. It was a little bit like, as you said, very millennial thing to do to sort of say, okay, well, this is how I feel. I'm just going to put it out there. And then bloop, as you said, set, push, send, you know, and then hope for the best. And as I said, it was a, it was a big mistake on her behalf. I think she, she would probably do it differently. I think she would definitely do it she differently said, now. She said she would, you know, I don't, I really don't think she intended for this to happen. I think, yeah, no, would have, there's absolutely no this entirely differently had she anticipated what was going to happen. Yeah, I don't think Naomi's that type of person to, you know, sit down and, and go, the hell am I going to screw the French Federation? 100%. Yeah, let's do this. She's not that type of person. I think that she is incredibly socially awkward. I think she is, she struggles on a massive scale when it talks to, pub, uh, pub, when it comes to public speaking. She has from day one, everybody just thought, man, she's rude or whatever. It's not, it's just, it's just how she is. She doesn't like to talk to many people at all, Caitlin. Yeah. She's not out there. I mean, I see all the players. I'm in the locker rooms. I'm around these players. She's not jovial. She's not running around chatting to everyone. She has 
small little micro relationships with, you know, people like Iga and, you know, a couple of other players where she'll talk to them, but it's not like this running dialogue. She's no, you know, Ash Barty just yeah, like she's not the chatting mayor away with the, everybody. Of the players lounge. No, she'd that's rather be. And that's great. We want that spectrum of players and spectrum of personalities. That's what make te- makes tennis cool. And I would also say, despite having not a natural ease with public speaking and talking to the media. And she's spoken about this because, you know, I think she, she felt it as a teen, you know, coming onto the tour and, and immediately being plunked down in front of microphones and strangers, you know, I think to her massive credit, when she does speak, she speaks so thoughtfully that perhaps that's why it takes something out of her because she is struggling to ask, to answer somebody's question in a way that, that does mean she's kind of taking on their premise or their question or their yeah. idea. And, you know, I think it would be a lot easier for her if she was like, nah, next, skip, you know, and that maybe that comes with age, maybe that comes with experience, maybe it just comes with a personality type to be like, oh, I'm going to defend my boundary here. And I'm not going to take on, you know, what, like you were talking about with Novak Djokovic being asked about Nick Curios, where he was like, I'm not answering any Nick Curios questions. So you can ask him and I'm like, next, I'm not interested in answering that, move on, you know, and I think yeah. that, that maybe is a learned skill. Um, but one thing I do want to talk about since I brought up Novak Djokovic is I have been so impressed it's been impressed upon me how amazing having a joint labor union for the players could be we've talked about it in the context of um you know prize money we've talked about it in the in the context of scheduling and now we have an opportunity again to say hey where are you ptpa you guys said you were going to be all about player advocacy like let's go I mean, if not, and if not you guys, like, then maybe some kind of joint tour could sort of tackle this and say, hey, listen, we're going to advocate on behalf of our, gov- our body of players. We're going to do whatever we feel makes their experience the best and gives the audience the best performing performance of tennis on the court. And maybe sometimes that means changing press obligations, but let's work together and let's figure out collectively as a body who and how we want to empower and change, you know, the system to, to be a little bit more beneficial and mutually beneficial understanding, of course, that tennis media exists largely to trumpet the sport. These are all stars because of the tennis media, largely not, be, not only because of their results on the court, which is not to take away anything to, from their results on the court, but you know, no, you can't always go see a tennis tournament in person and having the context and having the storylines and having the media around it is an advertisement for the game. And I, and I don't want to downplay that because I think it's absolutely true. That said, what about a player union? Like, let's go, Novak, get on the stick. You, we have so many, we have so many tasks for you, and you said you want to do it. So, let's go. If there was ever a time, this is it. And I'll be interested because obviously he's playing today. We'll be interested to hear. I'm sure. I suspect he'll be asked about this in uh, the post-match interview um uh, about that and you know this is a perfect opportunity wouldn't it have been a great opportunity for a player union to come in and mediate this a little bit um I know that the majority of players were not supportive of Naomi in this situation so so but that's okay because of the fact that if you had a players union you could as you said sit down as a group and say how to okay but legitimately, let, let, let's talk to her and let's try and do the right thing by her. But also let her know that this is the this is the this is the sand, this is a line in the sand that we're, we all are going to support her on, and this is mm-hmm. the sand, line in the sand we're not going to support on. And and that's how you create a dialogue with all the players. That's how you create a dialogue with the tournaments. And yeah, I don't know, Caitlin. I I mean, is this maybe the watershed moment we were waiting for for the 
actual PTPA to actually embody and bring the women into the conversation a little bit. Remember them? I don't know. Remember yeah. them, remember the women, because if there is no bigger story than what just happened with Naomi Osaka. Okay, so we have had some seriously controversial moments in tennis over the last 12 months, and Novak was one of those people with the default, and now Naomi. I mean, those are the two biggest stories in, in tennis over the yeah, last you know, 12 and months. Novak, and Novak skipped press after that, despite the fact yeah, that he but, launched but, a PTPA during the tournament, which, again, I kind of get why he would skip press, but, like, you know, this is obviously something he didn't feel like it was additive. He didn't feel like doing it, and so uh, one hopes that he might be sympathetic as the self-appointed leader of the PTP. All players are. For sure. All players are. I mean, the amount of times, I mean, I've seen, as we've seen, because we get stuff sent to us on Twitter, people sending, you know, very bad interviews, okay, and questions asked to players that are very bad. And, um, you know, it's, it's a time. It's hopefully it's a time for the federations and the associations and hopefully a players' union to get together and make tennis better in every sense of the word. And we are going to lose Naomi Osaka probably until the hard courts of the U.S. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's open series time. Because I would go and say right now on record, there is no chance she's going to be at Wimbledon. Hard to imagine. And that... That is a major loss to our sport, um, to our sponsors, to our TV rights people. And to her. To and everything. to her, to her and, as well. And in the end, ultimately to her, because she is obviously struggling with something. She has said she has gone through a lot of um, bouts of depression and a lot of anxiety. And so yeah. let's hope she can get herself together and that she can get the support she needs and we'll be here for her. All right. Well, let's be sure to check in often because I think now that things are so fast moving, people might need to hear from us on a regular basis. I don't know. Sorry. Pe- sorry, people. Sorry. Yeah, people. Apologies in advance. All right. Until soon, Renee, thank you for the thoughts this morning. Let's, uh, let's continue to watch what unfolds. And that's it for this episode of the racket magazine podcast. Thanks for listening. Our host is Renee Stubbs. Our co-host and producer is me, Caitlin Thompson. Music by internationally renowned DJ Stretch Armstrong. Thanks to Tim Ruggieri and the team at Acast. Find us at racketmag.com slash podcast and subscribe to us at any of your favorite podcatchers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.